Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I'm so excited to have on a 29-year-old from Listwell, Ontario, Canada. His hockey journey has taken him to Canada, the USA, and the Shed's Honey Hole, Cardiff, Wales. Mucked around with the Wingham Ironmen before becoming a staple of the hometown Listwell Cyclones before they traded his ass to St. Mary's. Ran amuck with St. Norbert College, where he's a two-time All-Conference team member and an NCAA champion. Found a home with the Adirondack Thunder of the Coast, playing four seasons and becoming one of the team captains. Earning an AHL call-up and is now on the hunt for some trophies with a bunch of Shed guys. Welcome to the Shed, Blake Thompson. Thanks for having me. Excited hey. to be here. Yeah, I get into how we know each other. I've never met you, and I had Franny on, and the research team got hot, and I saw a guy playing for my favorite team, the Cardiff Devils, was from Listowel, Ontario. You know, the small world, isn't it? It really is, especially when the research team gets hot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, um, when I saw a guy from Listowel on Cardiff, I wanted to get you in the shed because I know the people of Listowel are fantastic folks. Everybody from around here is. And one thing I try to do with this shed is promote people from small town, western, midwest Ontario and uh, the young bucks that like are my kids age, as well as a guy like you. I looked at your resume and you could have been one of those guys playing Midwest junior B that just people don't know about, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I'm here to help everybody folks. <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you. Um, so actually it was in your hometown yesterday. My son's under 11 team played in their new barn and it's a sweet place, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, it's definitely an upgrade from the old yeah. arena that they used to have. But, That's the one uh, I played in. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of good memories at that arena, obviously, playing my minor hockey there. And then. So, how old are you when they get the new one? Um, I think it's maybe four or five years old now, or maybe older. So, you never um, so played never, in the new one? Never got to play there. Um, I've skated maybe a handful of times there, but that was that's the extent of it. Yeah. So, I'm the same in Elmira. I played in the old one. Now, there's a new one, you know, never really skated there. So, I yeah, feel like there might be some similarities today here, but. Um, they have a mini hockey little hockey rink upstairs, you know, in the crowd, like in the corner yeah. of the arena, there's a little mini hockey, like a little rink for the kids. Yeah, I did see that. Um, I think that's kind of a cool idea. Um, yeah. Gives, gives the parents a little bit of a break and send the kids up there to play while the games are going on. So absolutely. Um, so you are in Cardiff and, you know, research team gets hot. I look you up. Did you know that your spot, your jersey is sponsored by the red dragon group who also yes. sponsors the shed oh really yes they sponsored my website when you go to my website folks aleshockeytales.com it says brought to you by the red gray red dragon group right 
I didn't know that. What a, what a coincidence. I know. So thanks for sponsoring the shed. I love when people support what I'm doing and, um, obviously they got good taste in men, right? <laughs> I hope so at least. <laughs> so what are your first thoughts of Cardiff so far? Uh, it's been great. Um, it was a pretty easy transition here. Um, the ownership group and everyone involved made it really easy to move in. Um, I'm in a really nice apartment or flat here. So where are you? Um, I couldn't, uh, Victoria wharf. So it's just, break down the rink or the road from the arena. Okay. Um, so about five minutes from the Bay and maybe seven or eight minutes from downtown um, driving. So it's nice and close. Yeah. There's a lot to do around there. I love playing Cardiff because of all the things you can do around there. I was right in the Bay. I used to run a muck around there. <laughs> yeah. The Bay is, it's a great spot. Lots of uh, good restaurants and things like that to, to do there. So it's fun. Good festivals too. Did you get to the one where you first fly over and the season's just starting and there's like a big festival down there? No, I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> I know they had um, like a parade kind of thing, like carnival rides and stuff like that. This was um, one. Yeah, to... this was the one with like carnival rides, but there's like they're selling like bratwurst and beers, you know, yeah. the stuff I'm yeah, into, we but went... the kids are into it too, you know? <laughs> we actually went one night and we, we were going to go for dinner first and went for dinner and then... As we got to finishing dinner and going over to the carnival, it closed. And so we didn't never actually end up going, but um, it looked like a blast. Um, it was a blast. And that's there's so much fun things to do in Cardiff. That's why I like playing there so much. So um, who's your D partner? I'm with Marcus Crawford, um, another new guy on the team this year. Another guy I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, like what kind of player is he? Is he offensive, <laughs> um, defensive? He's an offensive defenseman, um, likes to join the rush. He's a good You're the steady and... stay-at-home guy that's bailing his ass out? <laughs> uh, yeah, like to be like to be there to help him out. Um, I do find it sometimes that both of us are kind of looking at each other as we're skating up the ice to see who's going to join the play or who's not. So um, yeah, I'm sure deep. that gives our coach a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a head scratch every once in a while. Ah, uh, that's fun though. Um, so Richie's still playing too, eh? Your captain. I was talking yeah, about we... this to someone, and they're like, "Do people still play in Cardiff that you played with?" And I was like, "There's still seven or eight of them. It's like eight years ago I played there." <laughs> I know. There's um, they got a really good alliance of older players. Um, Richie, um, the Batchy's there too. Batchy, Joey, Martin also... coming back. Yeah, and uh, Mark Lewis is still there. So there's a lot of a lot of returning guys that have been there for a long time that kind of set the set the example the for how things are supposed to be done there. You seen Mark Lewis beat anybody up yet this year? Um, he's only fought twice, and he fought the same guy twice and beat him up with like one punch both times. So um, I, was he from I, Manchester? Uh, yes. Yeah. Cause I had their coach on and I said to him like the night or two before that you guys played them. And I was like, so if Mark Lewis is running amok with your team, like who's going to step up, who's going to be the guy that's actually willing to do that. And there actually is someone crazy enough to do that. So whoever you are, buddy, you're a shed guy. I'll have you on to talk to you, you know? Yeah. He, we all gave him uh full props for standing in there and um, good for him <laughs> trying to, trying to take down Mark. So yeah, he's got full props for me. Yeah, I wouldn't want anything to do with that. Wouldn't even want to be near it. <laughs> Have you seen the video of when he hit punched the guy like when he wasn't playing for Cardiff during all the baloney? Yeah, that was scary. when he was in Slovakia. There, that was that guy wasn't ready. One of the hardest punches. 
Yeah, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. No, he wasn't. Okay. So where and what are you doing now? I guess we covered that. You're in Cardiff. Yeah. So you got in a Cardiff, roommate? Um, I don't have a roommate, just living with my girlfriend. Um, she was fortunate enough to uh, have a remote job to begin with before this became a plan. And then talking to um, her company, they have a an office in Oxford over here. So she was able to just transfer over to their office and she just has to um, work her U.S. hours. So she's working two till 1030 at night, which hey. isn't ideal, but, uh, she's but at least really she gets to be there with anyways. you. You know, there a lot of things have changed in the world and the the realization people can work remotely and make their lives work um, is quite appealing for everybody. It's like me with the shed and my job is like, I know I can work later or earlier or do whatever I got to do to get my job done. If I can just yeah. please log off for lunch and talk to some shed guys, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really nice. Yeah. So that's good for her. Good for you guys that you get to have her there. So she's there for the season then? Yep, she's here for the season. She got here maybe a month after I did. Um, it's kind of nice that I was able to come and spend that quality time with some of the guys and get to know them um, without Before her here. Then... Yeah, you don't want her to hear that, but it's true. When the gals yeah. don't come for a few weeks and the boys get to really become a team off the hop, it's important. Yeah, it is. And it was nice to even just, you know, learn where you're going and some good spots to go for food and groceries and little things like that. So it was so nice. So what's your, what's your favorite restaurant so far? Where's your honey hole? Um, probably the alchemist downtown. Mm, I think um, that's came up before, but I don't even know what that is. Yeah. It's a nice restaurant. Um, I really, really haven't gone out too often. But, do you know what um, chippy lane is? I do know what chippy lane is. Yeah. Have you been there? Have you ordered anything? Yeah. I've been there a couple of times. Um, usually uh fellas you're, guy you, you're what we usually go into fellas fellas what's that yeah it's, it's a new spot i guess and it's kind of like uh i guess i'd say kind of like a Turk, turkish shawarma kind of deal yeah and like kebabs get, and whatnot yeah kebabs so you get a nice little wrap at the end of the night and do you know um, when i moved to germany i didn't know anything about kebabs like donors yufkas whatever you want to call them in germany i move over yeah. to germany from elmira ontario and I'd been to Kalamazoo for a few years. I didn't know what they were. And I was scared to try them for like six months. And then when I finally did, life changed. <laughs> yeah, they're they're God. amazing. So I know. <laughs> no complaints there. But you know what? Chippy Lane doesn't have high-end uh, kebabs. Maybe this new place does. I don't know. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's good enough usually at the time we're going. So I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see here. Are today's Halloween? Kids are gonna run amok tonight. Is there a team Halloween party? Because I also think those are important. It's before the season gets really serious, and it's still an important time to become a team. Yeah, I agree. Um, unfortunately, our schedule has been uh, really hectic right now, and so we haven't had a time to really do it until I think like November eighth or ninth. And at that point, we're going to do it. You know, it's a little bit too past the, no, uh, the Halloween phase, so we're gonna maybe do. Um, American Thanksgiving, um, do it as a team and get everybody together and bond that way. Okay. Well, no, those are good too. The Thanksgivings, we used to do that, but you know, I think every time you get everybody together away off the clock, that's, those are important nights for everybody. When the wives all get to know each other, you know, and you become a family, you know? Yeah. It's, it's really important. Um, yeah. Just like I said, unfortunately we've had a lot of games. I think we play nine games in 16 days here. So Ugh, that's disgusting. Um, it's just a lot of hockey and 
you know, you don't want to be. Is anybody doing yourself. the NBA this year? Uh, there's three guys doing it uh, on our team this year. So who's that? Um, Jay Kugler. Um, I hear he's a Trevor player. <clears throat> yeah, he's really good. Trevor Cox and uh, Ryan Penny. Okay. Well, good for them. They'll be busy boys. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a <laughs> yeah. lot of, uh, a lot of extra work. Yes. It is busy days. Um, so growing up in Listowel, how'd you get into hockey? Uh, everybody plays like hockey. Every other, Listowel. Yeah. Yeah. Just like every other kid, you know, your parent, my dad played. So, um, I think it was just something that you send your kid. So your dad to, played like, what did, what did he play growing uh, up? Make he some played junior? to like, bantam or midget hockey and he was done but um yeah he always loved the game and liked it he was just too small and never really saw much of a a future playing so yeah um that was okay. that was kind of how i got started into it but you uh you, you never did go triple a from listable you stayed I played, hometown? Uh, i played two years of triple a um like peewee or something like that because you did um, play at home under 18 with the Cyclones, and one of your teammates, the research team saw, was Corey Connors, the golfer. Yes, yeah. So played uh, played with him, and um, I also played a little bit of golf growing up as well, and so we were in a lot of similar tournaments and stuff like Are that. Are you a good so golfer? Was, um, not anymore. Um, I used to, used to be able to get around okay and um, kind of just lost the – the passion to play and go, go out and practice. So, um, I but do. I do enjoy going out with friends and, you know, yeah. kicking around and playing nine or 18 holes. Well, that guy's doing pretty well for himself. eh? Yes, he is. He's, uh, he's making quite a name for himself. It's pretty interesting when a Canadian from Lestwell can make it that big in golf, when their golf season is so much shorter than other folks <laughs> that have year round, you know? Yeah, exactly. You basically have, you know, five months, if you're lucky, six months of, good yeah. enough weather to get out there and practice. So, so here's a small world thing for you. I'm in Concordon. My sister yep. has a cottage down the road with my parents and their backyard neighbor is, I guess, Corey Connors in-laws or something. So um, from Listowel. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot of uh, Listowel families that have um, the Nichols or cottages. Exactly. The Nichols um, Kisos are up there, I believe as well. So there There's are some a, famous folks famous. from Listowel, eh? The, the Kisos is the letter Kenny fella, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. So I, I reached um, out to him to try and get him in the shed early on, you know? Yeah. I think I made no, him. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a great guy. Um, I actually grew up literally kitty corner to him. Um, is that right? So I was playing road hockey with them, and um, his youngest sister used to babysit me when I was growing up. So. I, I guess I played junior B against him. I didn't realize that till I was asking around, but he played junior B against me when I was in Elmira. Um, and yeah. so he started out making that letter Kenny show. I got a buddy from my hometown. He's from, actually from St. Clements, but went to Elmira high school with me, Brad Dietrich. He's got a YouTube thing. That's getting big here called ask Tunny where they're having a couple beers on Sundays and they dress up like Mennonites and they're doing a YouTube show called ask Tunny. And the folks are loving it. I don't know if the Mennonites in the area are loving it, but the rest yeah. of the folks are. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll have to take a look at that. I'm sure it'll be sure pretty funny to watch. It was. I just saw him at a Halloween party on Friday. The whole entourage from the show Ask Tutty came in. <laughs> My first thought was, <laughs> I have to get these guys in the shed. <laughs> God. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so 
You go from the under 18 with Corey Connors to the junior C Wingham Ironman, eh? Yeah. Um, How old are you at that, that point? Was, I think I was uh, 17. Um, I think. Bit of a late bloomer that, you are, eh? Yeah. Um, it was a year that was dual. Um, I went to their camp, had a good camp, but they had a lot of returning guys and some guys that, you know, went to school in Waterloo or something like that. They wanted to play for Listool. So kind of saw myself as a seventh defenseman. I didn't really want to. And is it not better to get ice time and play more and be the guy? I, I have yeah. this argument with people all the time. It's like when they watch their kids and rep and stuff around here and all the parents are so nervous about every tryout and making the team. It's like, well, if they don't make the team, they'll get to be the guy on the team below and have way more ice time, right? Yeah, exactly. It was one of those scenarios, just like you said, that I was going to, you know, be in and out of the lineup the entire season or I can go down to Wingham and play. And at that age, you, know, you got to play. Yeah, play 35 games and you get to, you're still playing against good guys. Some guys just. Your goalie was good. Your goalie was good. Yeah. I, pl- I watched him play on Saturday night here in Concord and Jason Hamilton. Hammy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He plays for the um, Ripley Wolves now. Oh, does he? Yeah, I played with him with the Wolves for a bit. Yeah, good dude. Yeah, there was there was a lot of good guys in that group, so it was good. It was a lot of fun that year. You know, all the small towns around here, there's a lot of good dudes. When you the Wolves, the all the senior A loop around here, then you get the junior C fellas, the junior B guys. Like everybody's good dudes, and that's why I wanted to have you on the shed when I found out you're from Westwell. You know, so yeah, it's. It's the nice part about a small town is you kind of know everybody from the other small town too, and you compete against them growing up. And now there's opportunities in the senior A leagues where you can. Well, the, join the other part other... I think though, is when you grow up in a small town, like we do, you're held accountable. If you're a douchebag, if you're not a good person, you're found out pretty quickly. You grow up in cities, you can kind of do what you want and nobody really knows what you're really like, right? Small towns, yeah. you're held accountable and you got to learn how to be a good person. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, you know, like we said, we're growing up in towns of 5,000 people. So um, it's the cliche that everybody knows everybody kind of thing. It's true, though. <laughs> Concurrent around here, Ripley. Yep. Okay. Um, Another guy on that team was Brett Nickel. Is his brothers yep. then? Is his brother Blake? Yep, brothers Blake. Um, then there's and Ted, Ted and also yeah. Mac as well. Okay, yeah, because I played with Blake on the Wolves. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they. Um, Brett actually was my chauffeur that year because I didn't have my license yet, so he was driving me to all the practices and games. So that was it's kind of funny. I'm pretty sure he's a shed enthusiast. Is he? I'm pretty sure. Yep. Pretty sure he follows. Yep. Um, okay. So then the next year though, after you do play a ton and was your team good in Wingham? Um, I don't really remember. I would say so you probably middle of the, yeah, yeah. middle of the pack. Middle of the pack but, if you um, don't remember. That means you yeah, weren't that good. I would assume that. Yeah. Um, so then you do make the hometown cyclones the next year and you're in the old barn. Yeah, we were in the old barn. So um that year was a good year. We had um a run to the cherry cup finals and lost to eventually Elmira. So you lost Elmira in the cherry cup final. So was Ethan Skinner on Elmira then? I couldn't tell you. You don't um, know. Eh? Brett Cato no. was on your team though. He was coaching the wolves the other night. Yeah. So Brett was on our team. Um, we had Mac nickel, um, Anthony Peters. He was, uh, he's a goalie he in Slovakia right now. Eh? 
Yeah, so he was he was with us at the time. So we had a really good group. And um, another goalie on your team then is Gatlin Burt that I played with. Yeah, yeah, wild, was, wild man on the ice. Yeah, he was um, had a bit of a reputation as the as the bad boy on the ice. So oh, yeah, I played against him in senior, and it was wild. The guys were like literally Wally, like don't go within five feet of him. He was playing for Durham. They're like, don't go within five feet of him. He will. He'll slash you in the face. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why would that guy slash in the face? I don't even know him. And then I saw him like two hand Mursey, like full two hand over the head as hard as he could right in the ankle. And I was like, okay, I'm not going near him. <laughs> no, yeah. Not, yeah. No. Then he ended up playing with us for a while. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, me and him hit it off. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, you guys were good though. So what, how many games did you lose to Elmira? Do you know? Uh, I think it was six games. Um, tough. We, eh? Yeah, it was tough, but it was again, really cool growing up. I remember watching the uh, cherry cup finals and the Sutherland cup runs. So to be on the ice and seeing how packed the packed the arena was and all the fans that were getting there early and stuff like that kind of reminded you of the days when you were watching as well. It is cool. I remember the days in Elmira where you show up and like, Oh, the Elmira people were playing dirty pool. They were uh, putting out blankets all over the arena. So when people would show up, there'd be blankets everywhere. Nobody could even sit down because all the blankets were there. Yeah. I remember my mom, my mom would drive me to the arena and then um, she would drop us off and then take a blanket in and tape it up and make sure that her spot was ready for the game. So, well, actually I, the, um, the Cyclones, the junior B team was playing before my son's game yesterday. And uh, the blue line club was open. I watched the third period. And then all the fellas came up after the game dressed for Halloween. They were having fun. They were doing it right. Yeah, That's good. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So you lose that year. What else do I got? The next year you're back there and you played with a shed guy that I had on him and his old man, Ron Dylan sale. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Is that he when he hits a- the guy from behind and then gets traded? Uh, I don't think so. I think that was after I left. Um, but he was, he was a young, I think maybe 17 year old guy when I was there and, um, was only, I only played, I think till Christmas. And then I got traded to St. Mary's after that. It was that cause your team wasn't on a playoff run and they knew your time was coming to an end or why do you get traded from your hometown team? Yeah. Um, we weren't very good, obviously, that year, and I just kind of felt like it was pretty stagnant doing the same thing over and over with Blistool. And so um had a few buddies on St. Mary's that I played AAA with in the past and was in, in talks with them, and I never really asked for a trade. Um, and I guess they ended up telling their GM, and then he contacted Listowel, and I got a call the next day from our coach and GM, and he just said, would you like to be traded? And we have something worked out in St. Mary's. And I said, yeah, that sounds good. So, so they had, they did leave it kind of up to you, but it'd be kind of hard to say, no, I want to stay here when you're asking me. To yeah. And it was and like, I think it was, I think I played the all-star game the night before and Brett Cato got traded after the game to Elmira. And then I was like, we really don't have many 
many players much left, left. you kind of yeah. see the writing on the wall. So it was like, I might as well. Being on bad teams it. doesn't get you anywhere, right? Like, if, no, if, exactly. and if, that's like, I was lucky when I was in Elvira. We had a core of local fellows that were all good and we had good teams. If you're not good at junior, like as a team, it's hard to get noticed as an individual, right? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, a lot of the times the, uh, you know, obviously the GOJHL has got a little bit more recognized in recent years, but back when we were playing, um, they weren't coming to watch a game, the scouts, unless it was the cherry cup or Sutherland cup, or maybe even not, not even then they'll just take it. And a, it's weird. Cause when I played, they were coming, like they were coming. We had schools like the year I left. So within two years, my two years in Elmira, I think we had eight scholarships on our team. Did you? Yeah. That's, that's that doesn't really ha- that doesn't happen anymore. Eh? No, that's really good. No, um, I wish that the kids around here would get scholarships, you know, but from what I understand is it's more like a feeder league now because they can just leave without a release where back in the day you'd have to get released, but anywho, doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that the uh, school option is definitely the, the smartest choice to, uh, to make, even whether you're trying to pursue your hockey career or even just pursuing your post-secondary that gets a no brainer. Well, there's a lot of life after hockey. <laughs> yeah exactly you start to realize when it's over (laughs) um so you go to st mary's you guys played 12 playoff games that year so you were pretty good yeah we were all right um are you living at home and driving there how far is that yeah i was um it was we were about an hour away and so it didn't make sense to to be a billet when you're only an hour away and there was only you know I, i don't even remember how what time the junior b season ends in the in the year but um my parents, they would kind of drive me there. Then they go for dinner before the game. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of a family affair. So it was kind of nice at the time. That is. So then how do you go from there to the Victoria Grizzlies? You move out West and that's what seems to be a bit of a trend for the fellows around here nowadays. eh? Yeah. That's kind of the, uh, the hotbed out there. So, um, I think it was about a year or so before there was some trendsetters from, same Mary or um, Stratford and Elmira that did it. And yeah. I was kind of watching and they, they had received scholarships to Ohio state and Minnesota state. And I was like, Oh geez, like those are some big schools. And so um, I remember just talking to our GM at the end of the season. He's like, what are you, what are your plans? And I said, I wanted to try and play out there. And I basically took it upon myself and started calling um, the man general managers out there and seeing if I can get a tryout. So and you did that teams, on your own? Yeah. Um, and a lot of teams, they, you know, being a 20-year-old heading out there, they're a little hesitant on giving you a tryout. So Victoria had a bad year before, and they were willing to take a flyer. And so I went out there and um, made the team and never looked back. It was a really good opportunity, and we ended up having a, a really good team. Um, we Victoria's pretty nice too, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely the best spot to play in in that league, I would think, um, obviously Penticton's got its, uh, perks of the arena and the way you're treated there. But I think the overall city life and, um, you know, playing for the Victoria Grizzlies was one of the best things I could have done. So you did have a great year there, 26 points, 47 games played, and, uh, you get recruited to St. Norbert. So were you already done high school then moving out there? You're already done and you're just trying to get a scholarship, right? Yeah, um, I was done high school. I was uh, trying to get a scholarship. Um, 
had a few clearinghouse issues, but uh, so I ended up having to go the alternative route to Division Three. And at the clearinghouse issues, what'd you do? Yeah. Oh, it was just uh, the grades weren't where they needed to be. So, um, anyways, it's one of those things that it's a life lesson and unfortunately there's uh some hard ways to learn those life lessons yeah but um it is hard when you're a young buck and you're in school to really realize that you should try hard right i had a hard time with it (laughs) yeah exactly i mean you just you don't really think about it um it's not at the forefront of your your, of your hockey guys can have a problem with that yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so um st norbert at the time they were the best division three team um in the country year after year. And so um was fortunate enough to get a spot out there. And then we ended up winning my my first year of being there. So that was so really, you won cool. you won the national championship for division three? Yeah, won that my freshman year. And then um sophomore year we didn't make the tournament, the frozen four. And then my so- junior year we um lost in the finals and then my senior year we lost in the quarterfinals of the frozen four so so you guys were pretty good the whole time then yeah the my first year um the senior class that graduated um they had won three or four national championships so they they had quite a quite a run there so as a freshman in university in the usa you usually have to be 21 to drink did when you yeah. win the national championship, did you guys run amok? <laughs> yeah, we were. Well, I actually turned twenty-one um, in November that year, so when it came to March, I was I was already twenty-one. But uh, yeah, we actually won in Lewiston, Maine. So wasn't very exciting out there, but we sure we sure had, had some fun, fun together. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Was it, so was that was your first championship then, right? Yep, that was my first one. So. Um, it, was a, it must it was be fun year. to be good in college. Our teams were never really good and it was still a lot of fun. So how big yeah, St. Norbert? Is there a lot of students and where is that? Um, it's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So it's a student population of about 2,200. So basically it's a big, uh, big high school yeah. and everybody knows everybody. So obviously if the hockey team is good, um, again, everyone knows that you play hockey and yeah. knows how the weekend went. So it was a good spot. What'd you take at school there? Business administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> the, the standard, I think. Uh, but you were, when your team's that good, there's going to be some other good players. You were a two-time all-conference team member too, eh? Yeah, actually I was um, all, all I, sorry, freshman year to junior year, I was all-conference and um didn't get it my senior year unfortunately no well it's pretty cool because it is only what it's three forwards and two defense and a goalie right that's it per each yeah. team that's pretty <laughs> tough to make um so yeah, well so done are, awesome. are there scouts in d3 when you're going to national championship games in the final four almost every year are there people there watching um i would say maybe a handful um it's limited maybe even walk yeah, maybe even watching from a distance as well. Um, I just think that now that Division Three is a little bit more of a, it's on the roadmap, I would say. Um, right. There might be more scouts, but um, at the time, I think there was my freshman year, we had one player that uh, the Portland Pirates wanted him to to stay because they were playing Lewiston at the time. 
And so I guess maybe they were just because it was so local that they went and watched the game. But um, well, that's cool. I have I have heard of a few you know guys that have signed you know good uh, American League deals coming out of Division Three. So that's a that's a great honor and puts a good roadmap for Division Three players. Well, uh, one guy I had on that was a Division Three player that had a hell of a career was Derek Hahn. Um, he would have been one of those trendsetters that makes people realize that there's some players in D three. He ended up playing forever in the DEL um, after doing the Central League for a while. But yeah, he was a great player that. He was a guy from Elmira that played for the Sure Kings that maybe doesn't get the whatever it is. What's the word? There's not many people that know about the players around here, right? You're not going to all the big tournaments. You're not getting your name out there. And then um, it can take a while for people to find you, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know in the BCHL, they have the showcase tournament. So that was our first weekend of the season. and um, Just scouts from everywhere. Yeah, there's every big name school and there's NHL. Uh, scouts there every game so that was the first time when you're realizing where you are and um the opportunity that you have in front of you yeah there are some people watching that league at the bchl yeah mm-hmm. so pro options your senior year after you guys go to the frozen four then you do play two games for the orlando solar bears in the coast yeah <clears throat> i was fortunate enough that um i had a teammate um, from my freshman year, we won, he was doing really well in Orlando. Um, and he asked me if there was any interest in me going down to play. And I said, yeah, of course. And so, and that's how hockey kinda, works, right? Is having a buddy that recommends you. And then all of a sudden you get the opportunity, right? Yeah, exactly. And so he kind of word him out to the coach down there. And, um, a couple of days later, I was on a flight down to Orlando and played, played a couple of games. It was nothing nothing crazy it's the end of the year there so it's a little bit different hockey um were they good were they making playoffs or anything yeah i think the whole conference had already been established of one through four and so um you know what it's like at that time there's not a whole lot of uh energy in those games and um, they and they they bring the college guys come from everywhere man when in the coast and those leagues when the college season ends my goodness, if you're a veteran player, you're played for a few years, and then all those young punks start showing up, it could make you pretty nervous, right? Yeah, um, especially your first year. Um, your first year in the league when there's new college kids, you know, it's that time of the year, and now you're trying to um, hold on to your job as long as you can and make that playoff roster. Yeah, North America's nuts so after that then you graduate university do you head back to listowel ontario for the summers no i i rarely um returned to listowel after going to victoria for that year um i would spend all my summers out in victoria is that right and how do your f- parents feel about that uh they don't mind um I'm sure they, don't. they know how <laughs> yeah they know how nice it is out there and um the opportunity is, is that where your gal's from no, she's from uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so it's about two hours south of Green Bay. Okay. Um, so that's, we met just through mutual friends at school and um, been fortunate enough to have her along for the ride the last couple of years. So it's been But you great. guys go out to Victoria for the summers? Um, last few years, um, last year we were in Milwaukee and the year before that we were down in uh, Fort Myers, Florida at my oh, parents' place. You've so, been to the Lonnie Kai. 
Yeah, I've been the Lonnie guy. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> doesn't look the same anymore, unfortunately. No, I know. I've seen some yeah. of the videos and stuff that they put up since uh, the hurricane there, and very sad. So I won the North American Roller Hockey Championship there, and we partied like we won the Stanley Cup, and it was a great time, and I'll never forget it. Then I was also there while I was an East Coast player for the Daytona Beach Bombers of Ohio. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I've been there numerous times um and it is a fantastic spot lots of fun to be had there you know yeah of course it's uh it's hard so you, to got, you were summering around there yeah it wasn't ideal um we were just fortunate enough that um parents had a place so we ended up just using that as the uh summertime location and not obviously, <laughs> yeah obviously just kind of uh flying back and stuff for a few weddings and things like that so it was good Okay. Um, so rookie year then after your two games in Orlando, whatever happens there, you head home for the summer. Do you start that season with the Evansville Thunderbolts of the Southern pro hockey league? Um, I went to camp, um, with the four Wayne comets and signed a contract with them. Thinking you're going to play there and then you show up. There's like 50 guys there. (laughs) Yeah. I, I had little to no idea that's how it actually works. So, yeah. Um, I went there and I actually played pretty well, I thought, but, but it doesn't actually roster, matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You look at the roster and you're like, okay, well, you're not going to replace, you know, there's three American league guys down here and a guy in an NHL deal. So, and then all of a sudden, like spots. the NHL camps are happening. And then all of a sudden they send down four NHL contract kids and it's yeah. like, well, they're in the system. They have to play yeah, them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, that was a tough kind of wake up call, but, um, a lot of people the get agent, it. <laughs> yeah, the, the agent that I had at the time, he um, referred me to Evansville, which the coach was Jeff Pyle. I don't know if you know the name. I have heard that name. Yeah, so he's Numerous coached. times. I talked yeah, to too many coached. people to keep track of everything now, though. <laughs> so he's coached in uh, Atlanta for a number of years. That's and... where Derek Nesbitt. Yeah, yeah. So he was there, and um, he's, he's a fantastic guy. And so he um was the one that kind of persuaded me to go to the SB. I was going to kind of wait it out and see if there was any possibility of sneaking onto a an ECHL roster but he's like just come play with me you'll get to play for you'll probably be here for a week or two or maybe three and then um you'll get called up and that was the case and I was fortunate enough to go to Cincinnati play I think 10 or 11 games there and then I ended up getting traded to uh Adirondack who was very, very injured at the time and was able to jump right in and play a lot of minutes. And, and that's all um, it takes is getting an opportunity, right? And then you yeah, get the opportunity and you run with it and then you're with yeah. them for four seasons. Yeah, exactly. And that year we made um, a really good run to the playoffs. We made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, lost to Florida. So um, it was a no-brainer to go back knowing that the coach uh, knew who you were and at least you had your foot in the door um, rather than going to another spot and trying to earn that trust or opportunity again. Once you've battled through a season with the coach and you've gone through some playoff games with the coach, having that trust factor, as I talk around more in my shed, you may, it makes me realize how much, how important that is to coaches, right? Knowing yeah, who they're is. getting. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, fortunate enough that, um, he was there for a few years. We had a good relationship and um, we just kind of kept re-upping every year. And um, yeah. last year we didn't have a very good year. So I thought it was time to 
move to on. explore the European options. So, mm-hmm. well, so year one, you guys played 10 playoff games. So is that the second round then? Um, I only played 10. Um, I think they played 17 or something like that. Okay. And that's your um, first year. That's your rookie year. Yeah. Um, I started the playoffs playing well and the American league season was still, um, still going. Then and all then, the HL guys came down. <laughs> yeah. And so then I, you know, I was playing really well. I was on the power play and stuff, but he's like, I, I have to take you out of the lineup, unfortunately. And so, um, yeah. I missed probably five games, six games. And then, um, there was a couple injuries. And next thing you know, we only had five D for the rest of the playoffs and you're, you're back playing. to being on a power play and things are, things are going again. So it was, it's crazy how that works. Can I ask my dumb question of the day? What's that? Where's Adirondack? It's in uh, Glens Falls, New York, which is just located um, north of Saratoga Springs, New York. Okay. Um, which is just north of um, Albany. Okay. So not far from Syracuse, right? right? Uh, no, it's a little it's bit, about, a few hours. Yeah, it's about two hours, three hours from Syracuse, and then about an hour and 15 from Utica. So it's a really nice spot to to be in hopes of a call-up because all those teams are so close that – you right. Know, if they did need a guy for one day or two days, you could be right there. Yeah. Play your game, and quick, that is so. important in these coast is being re- like geographically close to the teams, right? Yeah, you um, you don't realize that of how important important that is. No, and uh, yeah, the older you get, the more you think about it. it's like, well, think about how cheap, much cheaper it is just to drive somewhere instead of like fly from places, right, and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's like. Some of these East Coast teams and AHL teams, they don't want to spend more, right? So, yeah. No. Year, year two, though, you are officially established in the East Coast with Adirondack. 21 points that season as a D-man, eh? Yeah, that was the, that was a good year. Um, we had a pretty solid returning group, and we just kind of fed off the success from the year before and got to play a little bit more. Um, unfortunately, the power play time wasn't really there, but it was um, something that you got to do when there was injuries, which in the yeah. ECHL, there's injuries all year. So <laughs> sure um, is. it yeah. just depends on if you're playing one game or you're playing three games in the power play kind of thing. So. The research team that year saw you guys had eight goalies play games, 13 on the roster. <laughs> yeah, 13 I mean, goalies on your roster that year. <laughs> I wish I could remember all of them, but um, I know it's one of the, it's one of those years that it's kind of a revolving door in the East Coast. You know, in North American pro hockey, being from Listowel and being from Elmira, it was the exact opposite of how I was raised of what hockey is and what it's about. It was so individualized. It was so about each individual than about the betterment of the team and putting the team first and being a team and i hated it <laughs> yeah it's kind of uh you know you're putting your career on the line and, and as long as you had two or three points or you were playing well um it didn't really matter how well the team success was well in the ahl man yeah <laughs> Like oh, I'd see it. Another... I'd be a hel- I'd be a healthy scratch in the crowd and I'd watch and then I'd see us lose like five three. And the guys that had a few points are literally in a good mood after. And I'm like, you guys are punks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh 
it's, it's a crazy dynamic to the whole thing. It really is. Um, it must be different. Like, I don't know what it's like in Adirondack. You, you were there four years, probably a good culture, but it has to be a bit different when you get to Cardiff and everybody signed for the year. There's nobody going up. There's nobody really going down. You might have a couple call-ups if you really need them, but the team is the team all day. Every yeah, day. That, yeah. That's kind of been the uh, interesting part is that, um, you know, you have to put so much pressure on keeping your body in good shape because there's nobody, there's nobody to call up really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so every game, um, you know, sometimes guys not feeling well and you got to play with five D and 11 forwards or 10 forwards and four D it's so it, uh, it's kind of crazy that you're in October and you're playing with a short lineup. Usually that happens in the coast in January, February, when you got eight, eight or nine forwards and four D and you're just hoping that a goalie he'll show up to the game. <laughs> Yeah, I, some of the goaltending personnel changes in the coast was, I remember going to games and we're like, we don't have a goalie. Like the AHL's called up both of our goalies. And then we get an emergency goalie from somewhere. I think it was the Southern Pro League. And then he yeah. shows up and plays 15 games for us and runs a buck. He does awesome. And then after those 15 games when the AHL guys come back, smell you later, buddy. Thanks for yeah. doing great. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's super cutthroat in the in the North American game. It is, it is. But you know what? Europe ain't any any easier. It is just as cutthroat. It's just they wait till the end of the season to make their changes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, that's pro hockey, though. If you know it, it it can be stressful, and you know, or you can make it fun, right? Yep, exactly. It's all about uh, the group of guys that you have too. If you have a good group of guys, um, that's what it's all about. You know, it makes it a lot easier to go to the rink every day. Sure does. Um, what was travel like in the coast for you from there in Adirondack? Um, Were you in a sleeper most of the time, or are you flying places? No, we didn't even have a sleeper bus, unfortunately. So we were. Um, you know, sprawled out on the floor a few times. Um, so you're doing one guy, one guy on the floor, one guy across the top type deal. Yeah. Kind of thing like that. So, but the travel the first year was rough because we played Brampton. Um, and usually we would, they would always play Sunday afternoons at two o'clock at home. (laughs) And the scheduling in the ECHL was a nightmare. So we would play Saturday in Adirondack and then Sunday in Brampton. And so, it I remember no some sense. of those weekends, man. And it was, yeah. I only did it for a year. And I was like, I actually came to the realization after playing 102 games that year that I couldn't last many more seasons in doing yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then um, later on, we we were flying a little bit more. You know, we had um, St. John's come into the league up in Newfoundland. So we were flying up there. and He'd spend a week up there. So that must have been fun little, for the boys. Yeah, that, that place is uh it's pretty special um you know never never even thought or knew anything really about St. John's growing up and then you dropped down there and it was actually one of the coolest cities and uh you know I and all all the folks I've talked to or met from that area man they're all great too (laughs) um there's not, there's not one bad person that you meet out there. They're all super friendly and yeah, um, just happy to know. be alive. Right. Having a yeah, good day truly, for them. Yeah. Yep. Every day is uh, they're waking up with a smile on their face and um, there's no complaints. Nothing wrong with that folks. Nope. I like your attitudes. Um, so who was your coach? Did you have a bunch of them through your four years there? Uh, my first year we had Brad Tapper. 
Um, Brad Tapper, left-handed shot. Why do I know who that is? Um, so he was a great, he was a great coach. Um, again, he was always about, uh, there's two things that you can control and that's your effort and your attitude. And mm-hmm. he preached that all year. And, um, we, we just kind of rolled with it and had a great season. And then after that, Alex Lowe, he was the assistant coach my first year. He took over the reins and he was there the rest of my time. So really interested to look up Brad Tapper someday. Cause I feel like I know who that is. But I'm not yeah, he sure. played uh played in the NHL for Atlanta a little bit. Um, I think he was actually close friends with Dan Snyder, um, if I'm not mistaken. Right from Elmira, Ontario. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, I don't know where I've heard that name, but I know I have. Um, so after though you year three, okay, all the baloney starts in the world, and yeah. you do take a year off, right? So for yeah, me, I, I I always thought of it. I have a good job now. I'm happy. Um, and I was thinking for some of the guys that would say be in their thirties or late thirties, and some of them are back playing. Some of them retired because of all the baloney. Um, that must've been a very, very trying year. What did you do that year? Yeah, it was, it was just weird. Um, Adirondack, um, they were supposed to play. We were just supposed to be a delayed start. Um, and so we were supposed to play in January. So, um, and then you didn't, you, then, then you didn't, we literally had a zoom call as a team and you were just like, you know, we're not, we're not playing this year. There's no possibility of us doing it. So, so this is a real question then. So you didn't, you, you didn't get paid that year because you didn't play. hockey. No. no. So he said that you can go play um, anywhere else. Um, yeah. You know, your rights are now you're a free agent. You can go anywhere you want. Um, but at that time, like, because it kept getting delayed, like from December to January, you like didn't really know when to skate. And then I was back in Ontario, um, living in my parents' place. So there was nothing open in Ontario. You couldn't even go to the arena at that time, I don't think. So um pretty wild times. I didn't want to just, you know, drive down to, you know, Orlando or something like that and try and make a roster after not skating for three months or something like that. So um my girlfriend actually moved up to Ontario. My parents, they went down to their place in Florida and um we stayed the winter in in ontario and uh did did a lot of nothing like the rest of the um, population in ontario at the time so Mm -hmm. yep okay um it must have been a bit of a mental pretzel for you though eh? yeah there was like you know are you done um you know you're looking at jobs but you're like i don't really know if i want to be Cause you're at, a career. It, right because you don't you, you don't have it out of your system and you're still good enough to play and you want to play yeah and i thought the um the year before covid i actually had a pretty good season and i thought i was kind of knocking on the door for an american league call up and so um i thought yeah. it was just going to be a hard time to walk away from it so um well actually i i the research team looks at a lot of stuff and uh, I think you're still getting better. You're one of those guys that's still on the rise. There's guys that were awesome when they're 18, 19. And then when you see them when they're 23 to 25, they're really not that good anymore. And you see it all the time. And then you see guys that are late bloomers and then just keep getting better and better. The research team's looking at it. You're a late bloomer. You're still getting better. But Yeah, so- I don't know. I think it's just uh, the simplicity of um, how I'm trying to play. Um 
You're making it easier you know, on your slice self or what? You're yeah, not trying I think, to do yeah, too I think much? I'm just making it a little bit easier on myself. Um, I think um, when I was maybe 24, 25. Try to do too pro, much. Trying to do too much because you do realize that a lot of it is about points. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're you're trying to make that extra play to get the open door or something like that. But when you think less about points, that's honestly when – they start happening. I know it's cliche, but, it but is it's, true. it is true. It's when you're just yeah. having fun and enjoying the sport is when you run amok. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you should see it on under 11 with the little fellows around here. It's like, you can see a team that's unreal. They're all passing it around to each other. And then as soon as they start losing, they all try and do it themselves. And yeah. it's, it's, that's what happens when you're not having success or whatever. You try and do too much. You try and, you know, but yeah. And I think that's um, part of hockey now too, is um, we put so much pressure on points and that's the only way that you can be um, kind of seen to go to the next level. But unfortunately the easiest way is to just do the little things right all the time. And when you do get that opportunity to go to a junior A camp or a junior B, the people there will see that and you'll have your opportunity. Well, and the, the people talk, right? I didn't like, there's so much talking that goes on around the hockey world behind the scenes of the coaches and the GMs all talking to each other. Every guy, like I'm getting messages now from NCAA coaches. I'm getting messages from junior coaches about kids around here. And it's like, I don't even know who these kids are, but it literally takes me three text messages. And I got a full player review off of people I trust. And I, I trust their opinion and I have no problem passing that on to the NCAA as and it, it warms my heart that I can help kids around here now, you know? Yeah. I think that's something that I would be um, interested in doing at some point would be maybe not coaching and being a full-time coach, but um, you know, helping out with some minor hockey things and just giving a, giving a kid that maybe isn't the, the all-star of the team, a little bit of support because um, you know, as bad as it is to say a lot of those guys that are all-stars when they're younger, they, they, they phase out. They fizzle out. um, Yeah. Those, those ones that are behind the scenes are the ones that kind of take off and had the the most opportunity. I think you're talking about yourself. (laughs) I don't know. I just, Uh, I just feel like that's the way, that's the way it is with uh, a lot of it. I think um, when they're younger, they get so much um, pressure on them. Right. Um, well, yeah, and it's interesting of... for me, right? We went and played Listowel, yeah. under 11 team. I think they shouldn't be that bad. There's some athletes around there. There's some farm boys, whatnot, and they yeah. were brutal, awful. Right. And I'm thinking that these kids are already leaving for AAA at that yeah. age that if anybody's got any skill, they think they have to be in AAA. And it's like, well, it's the same talk of like, isn't it a little bit more fun to be the guy? Isn't it a little bit more fun to um handle the puck more and for yeah. me it's that i don't want my kid going to triple a yet because i want him to have that base of playing with his friends from his hometown that they will remember forever and have these life experiences you know yeah yeah i agree i think i think triple a at those early ages is a lot of uh, a lot of hype but um, it, it makes people... it a job pretty early you know you drive yeah. that far mm-hmm. and stuff it's like is it really that much fun once you drove five hours yeah, exactly. And I mean, the kids are 11, 12 years of age. I mean, a lot of those kids, they might not even like hockey at the time. They're 15 or 16. And now and that's um, when it's go time. <laughs> yeah. And that's when it's go time. Right. So 
I think just put them in minor hockey, let them enjoy the game. If they really enjoy it, they'll tell you. Um, and then you can, you know, explore the opportunity of going to AAA or AA, whatever it is. Yeah, no, I was I was actually quite shocked with how like Listowel's team. It, it sounds like Woolwich though. Woolwich is where I played Almira growing up. Was we were a small center that guys wouldn't really leave for AAA too soon. I I yeah. probably did leave a little bit too soon. I didn't need to. Uh, but then all of a sudden everybody thinks they got to go now in Woolwich. Everybody yeah. thinks they got to go in under nine, under ten. It's like no, you yeah. don't. Play with your friends from your school, from your hometown. Play with them. Yeah, you know? exactly. And um, I know that was that was the way it was for me. You know, we had the same uh, hockey group um, and then you would talk season would end. You'd have the same baseball group and you would play baseball together and then there would be hockey in the in the wintertime. So it was, you know, you got to be with your friends all year. Yeah. OK. Getting sidetracked after the baloney. <laughs> you do go back to Adirondack and you put up 25 points in 69 games and you know, you are established now. You're one of the captains on a pro hockey team. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it was a great honor. Um, we had a, a a good returning group of guys to to kind of go off of. Um, unfortunately, that year we just had a lot of injuries, and um, COVID was still still running a bit of a, a mess on yeah on the pro league. So um, your affiliate sometimes they would just call down and be like, "We unfortunately need." three forwards and two defensemen and you're like um well okay and so you'd be stuck with some short lineups and um but that was that was the year and um so you did get an ahl call up though and for me if the research team's got this figured out you're about 28 years old getting your first call up to the ahl yeah um i was definitely probably the oldest guy to get I might even been the oldest guy in the locker room at the time to be honest too um right but uh (laughs) but yeah no that was really cool got to go to Hartford obviously the New York Rangers affiliate so to put on the New York Rangers pants gloves helmet all that kind of stuff was was something that was really exciting and um you know you'll remember that for for your whole life how much did you get to play in the game I played actually a regular shift um really (laughs) I played 19 no... games and never got a regular shift. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, no, we had uh, didn't have any power play time, but I killed penalties. I was, um, you know, we kind of did. I was on the second D pair, which was kind of a nice shock. Uh, when I got called up, I was thinking, you know, you're going to be riding in the sixth block, but I was yeah. fortunate not to see my name there. So And so you play one game and then it's like, okay, time to head back. Yeah, time to head back. They had um, some guys come back from New uh, New York, so um, mm-hmm. the dominoes fall. Was, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there was nothing you could do, and they could have kept you around, but you would have just been practicing and getting bag skated. So that didn't really sound that appealing at the time either. So um, I actually nice. think my darkest days in hockey were in the AHL. Those were the oh. days I hated hockey the most by a mile. Wasn't even yeah, close. Those- those days are uh, definitely lonely. You could tell just just the difference between, um, you know, the ECHL, I feel like everyone's very happy when guys get called up and it's, it's and, still And you're happy for each other. And, like, yes. guys want East Coast guys to make it. And when a guy gets called up, they're happy for them. Yeah, exactly. Like, I left I left Adirondack where they, I went up and played that game and left them with only four defensemen. And like every guy texted me and said, you know, congrats, couldn't be more happy for you. So that was awesome. And then, um, you know, you get up there and you like, I don't even think I really even 
met more than five people. They're just another new guy coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, but that, but for me, there was the odd guy that would be like, Hey, you want to come out to eat for lunch or you want to do this? And you're like, yeah, you're, 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 you're the type of guy I want to be on a team with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but you could just tell that there's some guys there that are just waiting for their opportunity to get called up to the NHL. And, um, you know, if, if, and if someone else up, gets called up, they ain't too thrilled about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's a whole different game then. I know. And so. yeah, it, it, it's a lot of money at stake too, though, those guys getting called up. It is a big yeah. swing from the NHL to the AHL. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's definitely a bit of a, a payday once you get up there. So um yeah. it was it was quite in, it was quite interesting to even have get in the locker room and um the New York Rangers supplied like a chef, so there was like an omelet bar before the game and um you know post-game meal whatever you basically you wanted so i didn't look at that roster is there any guys that like it were established nhlers that were sent down there no um not really um i think keith kincaid the goalie he was there um but he wasn't dressed that night. Um, and it all happened so fast, right? You, like yeah. you get there, you play a game and it all happened so fast. And yeah. Yeah. Wild. So there was, I don't really remember anybody too crazy, but there's uh Zach Jones. Um, he's a young prospect for the New York Rangers. He's going to be a, a good player. He was there and it was amazing to see how much, you know, honestly, how much better he is than you. Um, right. You know, just and that was, and I find that was interesting for me when you say that was when I got to the AHL, there were guys where I was like, yeah, you're better than me. I can tell you're better than me right now. But then yeah. the draft picks that like I was signed as a free agent compared to the draft picks, they were the pups they bring up. I was like, they're not better than me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. I know there's, uh, there's some guys that, that you question some of the, but and it's because get, a but... scout, it's because the coach GM has put their neck out for them three years ago. And then they didn't progress the way they were supposed to, but they keep yeah. giving them opportunity after opportunity to try and save their own ass. But yeah, what do exactly. I know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then after that year though, you got to be feeling pretty good. You got to call up. You did well, but you said you, the team didn't have as good of a season and that's why you went looking elsewhere. Yeah. Team wasn't great. Um, so I didn't know if I wanted to do another year in Adirondack. Obviously, it's quite cold in the winter times, and so um, if There's I was other going places to, to play hockey, yeah, yeah, exactly. If there was, if I was ever going to stay in the ECHL, I was going somewhere else, regardless. Um, but um, got a European agent and threw a through a guy on the team, and um, he was fortunate enough to get in contact with Cardiff, and took a little bit of time to kind of get things moving with Cardiff, but once, um, once everything worked out, I couldn't be more happy to be here. So who are you talking to when all that's going on? Does Brody DuPont call you? Does Neil Francis yeah, call you? So, uh, Brody was the one that, um, contacted me. He, um, reached out, just said, we've watched a bit of your, your clips and, um, some games on Instat hockey. And so, uh, we like how you play. I'd love to give you a call. And so give me a call one day and, had a really good conversation with him and um he said that he was just kind of waiting on um some things to kind of fall into place and then um maybe two weeks later there was a, a deal on the table so it was really good 
Oh, that's awesome. And um, I'm sure you're going to have fun there. So have you got any PP time in Cardiff yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, which, which is okay by me. Um, your PK and though. Yeah. Kelly kill, um, playing a regular shift. So there's nothing, nothing you can complain about playing, you know, 22 minutes a night. So that's more than enough time. Um, and, uh, we just got to get things going here. We're having a bit of a, bit of a slow start, kind of win a couple, lose one, win a couple, lose one. So, I know that's not really the Cardiff tradition, so we're going to work on that. That is what they say now. That isn't the Cardiff tradition. I like to hear that, though, that everybody expects to win every game. I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of my uh, my college days because my first couple of years, we were there wasn't a game that you were going into that you didn't think we were going to run a, run run a mess a with on the team. Run a yeah, mock I mean, with. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we were winning games like 13 to 1. 10 nothing so really? um, sounds like the under 11 canucks yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay so let's see what have you been up to for fun in cardiff on your days off um well really we at the start of the year it was a nice it's been really nice weather here so just kind of walking around downtown um going to the city center yeah um city we, center bay you know whatever yeah, you feel like that day yeah yeah we had um we had one day we played saturday in guilford and we had sunday monday off so we actually went to london um a few of us and our uh, significant others so that was cool to check out london and do do some of the sightseeing spots there as well and that Doing day shit like that is what brings people together, brings teams together. Even if it's not the whole team, it's like as long as the fellas are together and the significant others are together and everybody's having fun, that's uh, by the end of the year, that's what wins games, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a family um, in this league and in this organization. So mm-hmm. the closer everybody is, the, uh, the longer you'll, you'll be in the, the run for the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. It is exhausting though, eh, with this whole, uh, the league being the big championship, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's been probably the biggest adjustment is just how important the Every regular game. season is. Oh, um, it, it is so you know, different than just laying an egg on a Sunday in the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, there, we like yeah, like we went up to uh, we played Friday at home, Saturday in Glasgow, Sunday in Fife last weekend or two weekends ago, and you're in Fife and it's cold. It's miserable and mm-hmm. the um, fans aren't very nice to you either they can show yeah, mean things are, at you <laughs> yeah the fans are uh they're very very enthusiastic about their home team so tough place to play and you're just like you're like sweet barn though eh <laughs> it is an old school old school barn you feel like you're yeah. in scotland though right when they get out there with the yeah, kilts sure on do. and the bagpipes yeah um but just it's weird to think that that game at three o'clock was means as much you know, as as yeah it's like you could lose this season by two points say like i did both yeah. years in cardiff and it's like so it could have been that one game that one sunday afternoon that you know yeah so, it's exhausting mm-hmm. yeah it's, and you got the challenge cup games which obviously mean a lot too to the organization um you need to make sure that you go as long as you can and get those revenue revenue gates as well so it's true that everybody wants to get paid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Brody Reed's doing pretty good again. eh? he's got a bunch of points and I played with him this summer in the testimonial game where um, yeah. he told me that um, if I scored, 
and won the game, the last shift of the game, that he would come to the shed. He then set me up, back door. I went in on the goalie, and I did not score. And I've been... I don't feel comfortable asking him to come to the shed now because I don't feel like I deserve him because I didn't score, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, he gave, gave the opportunity to you, so. He did. I mean, I'm sorry, Brody. I'll do better next time, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I don't know what else I got, though. I just, I thought it was neat that there was a listable fella on uh, Cardiff. And um, there. To be honest, there's not that many hockey guys. Like there are hockey guys all over this area, the senior A fellas, the junior C fellas. Um, yep. But overseas, there's not a lot of us from this neck of the woods. And I just, that's why I wanted to have you on, help promote you. I knew you were going to be a stand up dude from Ontario. And that's why I wanted to have you on. So everybody gets to know who you are, you know? I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, and have fun in Cardiff. And uh, don't let that Joey Martin do anything I wouldn't do over there. Okay. Alrighty, I'll let him know. Okay. And this has been another episode of Two Al- Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Tomer and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and I go fans. I'm like Pizza fans and fans. I'm always speaking my mind. I'm not